Rabbi Stephen Wernick reflects on music unifying the soul. This sermon is called The Sound of Trumpets. Tomorrow, I am unfortunately flying to Philadelphia just for the day. My very best friend, Rabbi Andrea Murrow, her mother just passed away. She'd been sick for a couple of years, and the last two years, quite frankly, have been a really, really difficult year for her. She lost a a brother to cancer, her father to Alzheimer's, and now um, her mother. Um, For both her father and her mother, they lived pretty decent length of days. The loss is sad, but not necessarily tragic. I think it's the accumulation of loss, though, that makes it so hard, and When her father died in the midst of COVID, uh, I couldn't get there as anyone who suffered a loss during COVID. We know that loss was compounded by the inability of family to get together and for us to share in the rituals of mourning that are so profound and powerful for our people. Uh, I met Andy in rabbinical school. My first year when I was at JTS, uh, she and I became chevruta, study partners in one of our classes. And as the Talmud says, chevruta or matuta, uh, study partners or death. Uh, Once you become a study partner, a chevra, in our tradition, that is a relationship, a bond that continues. And Andy and I found ourselves both in the greater Philadelphia area. So even after rabbinical school, we continued to learn together once a week. And our relationship just continued to grow and blossom as a friendship. Uh, One of the things that I admire most about Andy is her musical capability. Uh, She is one of those rabbis that also knows how to sing. Uh, I wish I could do that, certainly in the same tonality that she does. Uh, Andy was one of the founders of Pizmon, which was one of the first Jewish a cappella groups in North America started at Columbia University, uh, which if, you, if you're not familiar, Columbia University is actually responsible for a lot of the a cappella groups that exist within North America. Shanana, for example, began at Columbia University. Uh, and ironically, one of the founders of Shanana, Rab- uh, Rabbi Dr. Alan Cooper, is today a scholar of Bible at JTS. Go figure. Music is very important um, to Andy. And I was thinking about that as I was reflecting in this morning's Torah reading because music is also very important within the Parsha. In chapter 10 of Numbers, in Bahalotcha, Adonai speaks to Moses saying, you shall make two silver trumpets, and they shall be made um, uh, hammered work. And they'll serve to summon the community and to set the divisions in motion. These two trumpets, if, if you read through this section of the Torah, chapter 10, they have multiple uses, some of which continue for our people up to this very day. They would be used to summon the people to come back from the fields, Uh, If you go to Jerusalem and you do a tour of the southern walls, uh, Benji, next time you're there, you can see a replica of one of the stones on the corner at the very top of the Kotel. 
that was destroyed by the Romans, and it has carved into it, this is the stone of the trumpet, of the Chatzotzrotz, because it's there facing the south that the Kohanim, when the day was ending, would sound the trumpet and people would come in from the fields, signifying the end of the work shift. It would be from there that if an invader was coming, they would sound the trumpets to signify defense. And it would be from there that they would sound the trumpets in order to signify the coming of Shabbat or the holidays. Now, in, in our tradition, sometimes it would be trumpets that would be sound, certainly in the ancient world. By the time of the rabbis, the trumpets were replaced with the shofar, also a wind instrument. And the shofar would signify the same thing. And we know, of course, that the shofar also, when it sounded, it, it signifies for us in Rosh Hashanah this notion that our souls must wake up. It's an alarm clock for the soul to make sure that we can see the light of Torah that illuminates ourselves and we're living the best lives that we know how to live. Uh, and to this very day, if you're in Jerusalem and it comes time for Shabbat, they don't sound the shofar, they sound the air raid siren the civil siren in the city. But when you hear that on Friday afternoon, you know that it's time to light candles, that Shabbat is here. According to Sefer HaChinuch, one of the commentaries of our tradition, he explains the reasons for the special commandment of blowing the trumpets. And even though this explanation was written 700 years ago, its message, I think, is still relevant for us today. He writes, Given a person's physical nature, one needs great awakening to do things, and there is nothing that will awaken more than the sound of music, especially the sound of trumpets. There is another advantage to the sound of trumpets, he writes, in addition to the fact that it awakens a person to act. It's a call a call to act. The sound of the music also brings a person to remove thoughts of all the other matters from his heart so that he can focus only on the sacrifice, on his approach, his presence before God. Why should I speak at length about this sound? asked Sefer HaChinuch. And he answers, anyone who has listened to the sound of the shofar with concentration will understand my point. Ralbag, another commentary of our tradition from the 13th century in France, Rabbi Levi ben Gershon, I came across this just yesterday in our daily Tanakh study. We're going through the book of Chronicles now. We're getting near the end of Tanakh. And the chapter that I was teaching yesterday was a chapter about music, where David and the officers of the army set apart service for the sons of Asaph, of Haman, and of Yudutun, who prophesied, they prophesied to the accompaniment of lyres, of harps, and cymbals. That's how they prophesied, to the accompaniment of music. And Ralbag, Rabbi Levin ben Gershon, points out that the use of the term prophecy here is not to be taken literally, but rather they were so skilled with musical instruments 
that when they, saw, when they sang songs of praise to God, it provided a spiritual, a spiritual experience for the listener. So skilled. When I listen to Aviva and to Cantor Ezer and to other great musicians, when I listen to my friend Andy Merrow, that's what I experience as well. The music is so profound, is so powerful, it raises it to a spiritual experience. Now, I'm also thinking about music, not just because of my friend Andy, but this week I marked the 40th anniversary of my second mother's passing, the 40th yard site of her passing. And on that day, on Tuesday night, I think it was, or Wednesday, I don't remember which day I, I shared it, but um, I'm sitting with this notion that the number of years of yard site for my mother have now surpassed the number of years of life. She died when she was just 39. Uh, and she taught me about music. Um, last year, for her 39th yard site, um, perhaps coincidentally, perhaps the work of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, on my Facebook page came up uh, the voice in the UK. I happen to like these Narshkite music shows, American Idol, The Voice, X Factor, all that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. I've been thinking about it in relationship to my mother. Um, I like these shows. And The Voice the UK came up, and what I noticed on it was that Tom Jones was one of the judges. Tom Jones was one of my mother's favorite musicians. So I made the mistake at that notion of actually watching the video. <laughs> because what that means is, is now The Voice UK and other voice and other game shows and Tom Jones are coming up on my Facebook's my Facebook stream, and they're kind of hooking me into watching this. But I, I remember as a kid watching Tom Jones when he had his second variety show with my mother and singing the songs. I know all of his music, um, not because I necessarily like Tom Jones, but because that was a shared experience with my mom, as was the Captain and Tennille, as was Neil Sedaka, as was Sonny and Cher, um, and as was named that tune, which we used to beg my mom to be on because she could always beat naming that tune in two or three notes or one bar or two bars faster than anybody else that played that game. Um, if you're interested, Tom, Tom Jones is apparently coming to Toronto on September 19th, just before Rosh Hashanah. So if anybody wants to go, let me know. Maybe we'll make an outing out of it. But I learned to appreciate music from these shared experiences with my mother, Aleha Shalom. Uh, I know for Lawrence, for you and your family, you're feeling the same thing with your brother and son, Josh, who passed away, who was a musician. And that was the way um, in which he expressed his delight in the world. We share that at this moment, the loss of those that we loved, grandparents, parents, spouses, siblings. But that's where I learned the love of music. And that love of music, to this day, I have a very, very eclectic taste in music. And it's all because of my mother. And so when I come to this morning's Torah reading, and we see the importance of the chatzotzrot, of the trumpets, that as the Ralbag says, when played skillfully, 
leads to a spiritual experience, a communion with God. That's what I'm thinking about. And I came across this beautiful teaching, Hasidic teaching, from the Magid, Rabbi Dovber Mimetrich. He was a, a disciple of the Besht and was the Baal Shem Tov's successor in leading the first group of Hasidim in our community. Here's what he says, and this is one I want to leave you with. On this verse, Create for yourself two silver trumpets. Why is it that Moses was commanded to build, to make two trumpets in order to gather the community together and not to make shofarot instead? Chatzotzrot, he says, lashon chatzarot, chatzitzorot. It's the, the two tzadis there, it, it's a smichut, it's a conjunction of the words chatz, chatzitzorot, two realms of existence. Moshe Rabbeinu haya mimachatzito lamala malach, that Moshe, our ancestor, had an element of his being that was able to dwell in the heavens like an angel. And another that was able to dwell on earth as a human being. Part of him existed Lamala, part of him existed Lamata. Part of him was like an angel, and part of him was his humanity. Says the Magid, so you should create for yourself two trumpets. So that when they are sounded together, when they are played together, they will unify the chatzot, the chatzarot, the sorry, they will unify the tzorot, these two realms, the realm above and the realm below. Because a human being does not have shleimut without heaven and earth unified together. Why then, according to this Hasidic teaching, do we have to build two horns? Because when we play them together in harmony, we unify Lamala, heaven, and Lamata, our world. We unify that part of our soul that is in heaven and that part that is here in our humanity. For me, at this moment, as I reflect upon the impact that my mother had, even 40 years later, I was 15 when she passed, 40 years later, She's my heaven. When I listen to music, I feel whole. I have that sense of shlemut because that heavenly element of my existence, of influence, of my life is intertwined and harmonized with the reality in which I'm living. And for me, that's a beautiful memory. 
Shabbat Shalom.